With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Good morning from the Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. John Jansen, who does great work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler, is going to be joining me in segment number two, where you're going to be taking a look at all these wild card series that we've got. The outlook of the Philadelphia Phillies as they get set for game number one against the Miami Marlins on Tuesday. And we're going to be getting a lay of the land. That's everything that we're going to be getting with postseason baseball with him. Always great to be able to get John aboard. So we're going to be discussing that in segment number two in the final segment. Going to get you guys picks and analysis on all four games in the wild card round of the MLB playoffs for this Tuesday as we touch them all. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my X timeline at GDN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And yes, X, better known as Twitter. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really, the only questions I got in is some of the similarities slash differences that I have with regards to handicapping regular and postseason baseball. And certainly, I do think that when it comes to the postseason, there's more known elements when it comes to being able to gauge these bullpens. You're not going to have, like, Schlubby McSchlub come out in a 5 run game in the ninth inning or anything like that. These teams are still making sure, all right, we have to lock this thing down. We are not going to be trotting out there. Just some random dude that got called up from the minor leagues two weeks ago. You have many more elements with regards to the bullpens, and you do want to be gauging bullpen use a little bit more because if you have a lot of the more one-inning guys that come out of the bullpen in game number one, for instance, in game number two, that guy that was a... Starter during the regular season, that number four, number five guy, like for the Phillies, a good example. Someone like a Michael Lorenzen. You could see him coming out of the bullpen for a little bit of long relief in game number two. If in game number one, they have to use up your likes of Jose Alvarado, Craig Kimbrell, your typical one-inning guy. So I do think that that is something to be mindful of. And I know that some of you guys ask me as well, is this my lightest month of the year? And honestly, it is. Because with October baseball, you're only handicapping at the most four games every single day 
When we get into the championship round, it's at most two games a day. So we are really winding down there. And with college basketball, it's more or less just research. It's something that I'm able to do on my own time. Certainly diving very much into college basketball as well. But that also gives me a little bit more time to try to see, okay, is there maybe something with regards to a day-night split that I might not be looking as much into during the regular season that could play a little bit of a role here in the postseason? Is there maybe something about this ballpark? Something about wind blowing in, wind blowing out that I do want to focus on as well. So I am able to go into a little bit more detail. And I do think that going into those details, much more something that you want to do in the postseason rather than the regular season. Just like with regards to going through a MLB regular season, I do feel like sometimes these players in game number 118 of the regular season, they're sort of going through the motions just like with regards to handicapping. They're still doing everything humanly possible to be able to find winners and everything like that. But it's not like you're going to be like doing a 45-minute research study on, oh, if the wind is blowing five miles an hour at Citizens Bank Park instead of seven miles an hour, how much is that going to be affecting things or something like that? You're just going to view it as a moderate wind, something like that. So I do think that being able to add that, it does help me out a little bit here in the postseason. You're able to get just a little bit more detail. And I mean, certainly these players, they are going into a little bit more detail when it comes to postseason as well. So I do feel like the players and the handicappers alike are on the same page there. But I do think that being able to take a look at those regular season numbers and I will look at postseason experience a little bit. I don't think that's an end-all be-all because we know that someone like Justin Verlander, for instance, it gets brought up a lot that he has had his struggles with regards to the postseason and you don't want to completely disregard it. But at the same time, I do think that the regular season numbers are the regular season numbers as well. Something bigger to watch and I'm doing this with Tyler Glass so is seeing all right did this person just completely dominate really bad competition and then stink it up when he did face off against playoff teams as well so I do think that there is something there as well and that is a little bit more of a depth that I'm going into with regards to the postseason rather than what I might be doing a little bit more during the regular season and with the postseason as well you've got your biggest sample set of the year as well because during the regular season you might be gauging it when you're only 90 games in and perhaps he only played against four teams that had a winning record at the time when you were 90 games in. Whereas now with 162 games in the books, you've got a bigger sample set there. So hopefully that answers any questions that you might have with regards to similarities and differences when it comes to the regular season and the postseason. And coming next, we are going to be discussing these wild card series and what we're all going to be getting on Tuesday with our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler on the flip side here on the Baseball Winning Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VSIM Family Podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units returned, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by the Spanish, John Jansen. He does tremendous work over at Fox Sports, Philadelphia, the Gambler, taking a look at so many different things. I know that he's very much inundated with regards to the Philadelphia Eagles and I'm pretty sure that the 76ers are going to be having media days soon. So that is something that John is going to be trying to persevere through. But as we know, it's playoff baseball out there in Philadelphia and everyone out there in Philadelphia, they're back in the Phillies. John Jansen does great work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, and is able to be followed on X slash Twitter at Jay Jansen, the number 34 altogether. And John, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And media day did actually happen, except for James Harden. That's uh, I guess that's at a later date. I'm not sure what day he got for media day. Uh, that, that might date, be later. I was about to say, if he gets traded, that date might be never. But <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting situation there. And while we've got a whole bunch of unknowns with regards to that, we do have knowns with regards to the MLB playoffs. As the playoff picture, it is set, and we know that the Philadelphia Phillies, the main team that you cover, they are going to be going up against the Miami Marlins. And what do you make out of this series? Because with the Philadelphia Phillies, they're going to be throwing Zach Wheeler in game one against Asa Cesardo, and rightfully so. You've got the Philadelphia Phillies. That's a pretty big favor, right around about minus 165 to a minus 170. And I do think that this is a series that the Phillies, they should be able to win. But we've seen it all year long from this Miami Marlins team, a team with a negative run differential of 56 find a way to pull out close games if they're just allowed to hang around. That's really the thing. If the Phillies bats allow them to hang around, yeah, this could get very interesting because, you know, the Phillies weren't the best in close games. I think especially after, you know, later in the year when Kimbrel didn't have his best stuff and they were still kind of getting Alvarado and Dominguez back. I think that's really it. Phillies bats have to be the Phillies bats that we saw all the way through August and September. And if they're that, yeah, they're going to out hit the Marlins. They're going to be able to score too many runs for the Marlins to keep in this. Look, the Marlins lineup is very good. I love everything about the Phillies lineup and from top to bottom too. even guys like Stott, Bohm and Marsh all had fantastic years and the Phillies hit really well in Citizens Bank Park too. They have a 790 OPS at home, which is a lot higher than their 741 OPS on the road. They pitch better at home as well, especially Aaron Nola in game two. So that's a big one. I think the the Phillies lineup is what separates them here. Uh, but if you're right, you know, because what could happen, the Phillies bats go quiet, which we've seen. They've been very hit or miss at times. And Miami can probably string together some lucky hits and they end up upsetting the Phillies. But 
to me, that's a small chance of happening. It's something that could, but there's so many other variables that probably lead to the Phillies winning. I think they have better pitching overall, I would say, and also they just have the much better lineup. They're at home, I think is a big deal as well. So there's just too many things that are going in the Phillies' favor, and it would take almost, I'd say a miracle, but it would take a lot of bad for the Phillies, for the Marlins to win this series. And I do think that the biggest key for the Philadelphia Phillies here is joining me on the show. It is John Jansen, who does great work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia. The gambler is getting this game one win with Zach Wheeler on the bump because I mean, we can talk about what the likes of Christopher Sanchez, Aaron Noel, this goes on and on, have done for the Phillies. But I don't think that there's any mistake in that Zach Wheeler has clearly been the workhorse and the ace of this team. And as long as they're able to get that win, I just don't know how the Miami Marlins would be able to pull out a game three because they would have to be throwing most likely Edward Cabrera has been a little bit of a roll of the dice. And I mean, we're talking about the Miami Marlins. If they do advance, they would have to throw a fourth starter and they don't have a fourth starter at this point. They'd be throwing out their Johnny Cueto for like three innings. So that's just a big giant issue. If you have the Marlins advancing in your playoff bracket, but I do take a look at this game one. I do think that is critical for the Phillies to be able to get off to a nice start because I think the only way realistically that the Miami Marlins are able to win this series is if they do it in two games. Yeah, they would have to do it in two games. Again, you know, it's not just Wheeler. I've been confident in Aaron Nola. I've been confident in what I've seen. Yes, he's still giving up home runs. It's never going to go away. But as long as he can, you know, minimize the damage there, I know it's a little bit of luck. Solo home runs are a lot better than two, three run home runs. And I think Aaron Nola's stuff at home has been much better as well. But yeah, this first game, it's just a tone setter. And I think the Phillies last year, they pretty much are the great example of that. What could potentially happen for the Marlins? The Phillies essentially got lucky last year that the Cardinals closer just completely forgot how to throw a baseball. Completely. And it led to the Phillies stealing game one and the Cardinals were cooked in game two. They want to know parts of it. I think the Phillies last year, they know themselves a really good example of if you let game one slip away from you as the home team, it is a lot of pressure in game number two. So I'm thinking though, the bats get going early. They also hit lefties better. So I don't mind this matchup against Lizardo. I think they can hit Lizardo. Again, Philly's been hitting very well at home a lot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the lineup because Marsh usually isn't in the lineup against the lefty, but I imagine he's going to have to be in. I know he hit a home run against the lefty towards the end of the year in the last few games. I'm hoping he's out there against Lizardo. But yeah, I think this game is important. I think the Phillies know that because they are a great example of what could happen if a team on the road that's got nothing to lose can steal the first one. There is no question about that. It's John Jansen does great work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, and he's joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And with regards to these wild card series that we do have, I'm not sure how you view this, but I see a lot more potential for upsets in the American League rather than the National League. And I mean, that's indicated by the game one lines. Like with the Rays, they're about a minus 145 to a minus 150 favorite. The Minnesota Twins, they are very slight favorites over the Blue Jays. Meanwhile, the Brewers, demonstrative favorites over the Diamondbacks in game one. Phillies, we ran through that. They are demonstrative favorites over the Miami Marlins in game one. And I do think that it's very warranted because the Diamondbacks come in in really bad form with their offense. Going up against the Brewers, they have scored four runs or fewer in six out of their last eight games. And with Brandon Fott having to go in game one, that's an issue. Oh. We went through the fact that the Miami Marlins get in with a negative run differential. Meanwhile, with Texas, they are going to be throwing Jordan Montgomery in game one, and they've got a high-powered offense. Meanwhile, with the Blue Jays, 
I honestly think that they should be the favorite against the Minnesota Twins, who have not won a playoff series since dinosaurs roamed the earth. Yeah, I kind of find both of those lines to be a little bit weird. I don't know why Tampa Bay is such a big favorite when Jordan Montgomery's been so good this year. And you just mentioned the lineup. It certainly it is a lineup that is very inconsistent, but a lot of pop in that lineup. That's one they. I guess, remind me of the Phillies from last year, if that's a good way to put it. Texas had more of a shot to win the division. The Phillies had no chance to win the NL East, but kind of backdoor their way into the wild card. Didn't play particularly too well at the end of September, but the Phillies lineup you knew was just so good. Really good starting pitching as well to, to kind of lean on. I think the Rangers could definitely pull off an upset here. We looked, it was kind of amazing the way that they were able to finish the season. I didn't think that they would be able to finish it so strong and one game away from 100. But this is a team that's been kind of decimated by injuries, off the field issues. I imagine Texas can stay in this series. And the Rays, we know, they're a really good regular season team. Maybe not suited for playoffs. And we've seen that happen for Tampa Bay in the playoffs a lot. So I love the Rangers. I think they are a live dog. And the other one, I don't know how Toronto is a dog. I completely agree with you. Pablo Lopez has had a roller coaster of a season. So, I mean, it depends on what Pablo Lopez you get. But either way, the Blue Jays lineup is better. Kevin Gossman's very good. And the Blue Jays have just been a better team than the Twins almost all season long. And the Blue Jays would probably have a better record if they weren't playing in the toughest division in baseball. You know, Minnesota's at home, but you mentioned too, the, the postseason woes, along with a lineup that's not very good. They get good starting pitching, but is that starting pitching in the, in the form, especially looking at Pablo Lopez? I mean, I love both of the dogs in the American League, but especially, I, I think the Rangers that you're getting such big plus money, at least good chunk of change and plus money for that, at least that game one. That's intriguing to me. That very much is because I look at the Rangers the same way I did the Phillies last year. And how do you look at the balance when it comes to the Texas Rangers as well as because they've got a lot of good attributes that are going for them, that rock solid offense. You've got Jordan Montgomery going in game one, but as we know with the Texas Rangers, that bullpen, it doesn't quite compare to the Tampa Bay Rays. But on top of that, one thing that I noticed with Tyler Glass now is that he always dominates when he goes up against lesser competition. Meanwhile, when he's run up against playoff teams, we've seen him get shelled. And that happened to him in three out of his last four starts. He comes in having allowed at least four runs all to playoff teams. And that's something that does stand out to me this time of year. I don't know if that's something that you try to identify, but it's something that I look for a little bit more this time of year than I would in the regular season. And a lot of that is also because we now have a much bigger sample size than we did during many of these regular season circumstances as well. Yeah, uh, it'll be really interesting because you mentioned the Rangers bullpen, and that is a concern. You know, the Phillies bullpen certainly did pitch better in the second half of last year, but I remember going into that as well. Like, everyone's, you know, I don't know if the Phillies bullpen can hold up, especially against other great bullpens. As long as the Rangers hit, you know, and at least can get some of their their bullpen arms in good situations, up a couple of runs, maybe relaxed a little bit. You know, I, I just think it's the bats that can get themselves in the really good situations. And, you know, once you're down in the postseason, you know, things tighten up. It gets a little bit harder to hit, a little bit tougher, a lot more pressure. Look, I'm not saying I think the Rangers bullpen is fantastic. And, you know, there's there's many reasons to say that they can round into form, but we've certainly seen other circumstances where bullpens just can get better in postseason. I think a lot of that has to do with offenses that are able to pick them up. I think with the Rays, Tyler Glass now, I think he can get hit here. And I think with the Rangers, just got to love the bats. I mean, I thought the Rangers are going to win that division. I thought the Rangers were going to be the team that I was all over in the American League. And they kept giving me signs over and over again not to, but 
again, they sneak you know this back door into the playoffs. And I just think this is a team that's got the potential, that scary potential with their lineup to just out slug teams. And if they can catch hot at the right time, you know, they can out hit anyone in the American League, especially with the Rays. The Rays can't keep up with that. The Rangers do start to hit, especially start to hit their bullpen, you know, late in games. The Rays have a good lineup, but not quite what I imagine the Rangers when they're on. Yep, and with the Rays, keep in mind as well the Wander Franco situation, yep. Jose Siri being out of the fold. Brandon Lau dealing with injuries. That has been rough, to say the least. As joining me on the show, we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. And out of the eight teams that we're going to be seeing in the wild card round the next few days, who do you think has the best possibility of being able to advance past the wild card round? Because we did see it last year with the Phillies and the Padres being the last two teams in the National League playoff. They were actually playing in the NLCS, which I thought that that was absolutely hilarious. I don't think that we're going to get a replay of that. But out of these eight teams, who do you think might have the best possibility? Because I would like to say the Phillies, but in their next matchup, they're most likely going to be getting the Atlanta Braves. And that is the one thing that really keeps me off just because I do think that that Braves team is just a complete juggernaut, and I forget about wildcard teams. I just don't know who in the entirety of baseball is going to be able to knock them off. Yeah, I think that's a tough part because I would say the team that qualifies most just because of their starting pitching, I think they're the depth in their bullpen as well. I know Craig Kimbrell didn't pitch the best uh, towards the end of the season, but the depth for the Phillies bullpen is going to be abundant because now they're going to have some of their starting pitchers heading into the bullpen, and they have this Orion guy that they brought up, a kid in single A that throws 100 miles an hour, has a nasty slider, and he's going to get some playing time. And also Jeff Hoffman's been great. So like everything about the Phillies, you know, they've been there. They've had success in the postseason. Like everything is there for the Phillies to make that run. And you're right. What would disqualify them, I think, from this question. And look, I still like them. I especially like them at their odds to win the National League. I think they're around 20 to 1. I like that number. Even I think I might have saw it at 16 to 1. So I don't know if the number's moving, how much it has moved in the last couple of days as the postseason is set. But I do like the Phillies. I would say them. But you're right in this question that they do go on to face the Braves. And the Braves are a really tough test. I think whoever wins that series ends up winning the National League. It's a very tough series. I would say probably it's one of the American League teams. Wish I could say I trust the Blue Jays, but I don't trust them and their inconsistency. To me, the team that has at least shown signs of being a contender has been the Rangers. It's just, can they get it together at the right time? That's really all it is to me. Can the Rangers get it together in the postseason, their lineup play well, again, just like the Phillies did last year, and catch fire? And that's something that in the American League, that's what I'm going off of, because I don't know if I trust any of these teams. I don't think the Astros are really that good, at least compared to other teams that they've had. Baltimore, you know, is dealing with a lot of pitching injuries and issues heading into the postseason. It's kind of just leaving this door open for any American League team and for the Rangers to at least given me signs of a contending team, that's enough for me to want to try and at least back them here in the American League. Yep, and I do think that as long as the Brewers are able to get by the Arizona Diamondbacks, they've got a good chance of knocking off the Dodgers as well, just because they're able to outpitch them. I don't know how you look at a series like that, but I think that the Brewers, they have a good chance just given the way that the bracket has set up to perhaps be able to win a game to perhaps be able to win a series past wildcard round before eventually, whether it be the Atlanta Braves or the Philadelphia Phillies, I think that they would have a tough time there. And then if, if they get the Miami Marlins, I do think that they would be able to advance to the World Series. 
Yo, yeah, if that wouldn't, oh man, what a <laughs> weird hilarious. NLCS would that be? Yeah, I mean, last year was already kind of weird with the Phillies and Padres, but obviously we know how much talent's on both of those squads. Miami and Milwaukee, not quite as talented as those teams. That would be something. Look, anything's on the table when you take on the Dodgers. It's too much at this point. Look, they were great when they won the World Series, but outside of that, that seems like the one outlier year because every other year they haven't been great. You know, They're also not the greatest pitching staff as well. For the Brewers, I would like to see Brandon Woodruff back because when he did pitch in the last two months of the season, he was excellent. So hopefully health problems aren't going to persist for him. I know he's going to be out in the wild card. There's a chance he could be out for the division series, but if he's back, it's something that you can back on. Again, as much as I you know, can back a unit like the Rangers lineup, that's something that if it gets really good, and we've seen this happen with teams before, their starting pitching gets so good in the playoffs that they can make a run. Milwaukee certainly has that talent in the rotation. Just need to see Woodruff healthy and pitching though, because he is a big part of their squad. And a big part of this podcast is always getting on great guests. And John, you're one of the best, my friend. You do amazing work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. I know you are fully invested with regards to the MLB playoffs. And I know you're taking a look at the entire landscape of Philadelphia athletics. And hey, we're about five weeks away from Villanova basketball tipping off as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. So Love the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Oh, yeah. I got an email already. Full schedule is out, ready to go. We got tip-offs, games, when they're playing for Villanova basketball. I am very excited. But you can follow me at jjansen34 on x slash Twitter. Also, follow our YouTube channels back. It was gone. Now it's back. YouTube channel. Fox PHL Gambler. I think it's Fox Sports the Gambler on YouTube. But you can follow us at Fox PHL Gambler, foxphlgambler.com as well. Always streaming on the iHeartRadio app. So just get the iHeartRadio app, search Fox Sports the Gambler, and you can check us out wherever you are. And our good friend John does such an amazing job taking a look at so many different things. And one of his main beats, it is the baseball front. And every single time he joins this podcast, does tremendous lends tremendous insight. So big thanks to John for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Tuesday as we catch them all. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by John Jansen, who does great work over at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler. Going to be an absolutely tremendous postseason. The Phillies versus Marlins series is going to be interesting, and all four of these series are going to be great. You never know what you're going to be able to get in October baseball, but we always know that we're always going to get great insights from our good friend John. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis. On all four games on the betting board for this Baseball Tuesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter slash X feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in the Las Vegas rotation or typically that's where we go nationally games first and the American League games. I have no idea why, but they went American League, National League, and then American League, National League, but... 
That said, it is what it is, and it's easier to keep track of four games rather than 15+. plus. So let's dive in on this first game. It is 9:43, 9:44 on the betting board. The Tampa Bay Rays plays the Texas Rangers. Jordan Montgomery goes for the Rangers, and Tyler Glassow is on the bump for the Rays. Rays are between minus 145 to minus 155 favorites. Plus 130 to plus 140 is your number on Texas. Total on this game is 7.5 over and under both at minus 110. I needed at least a plus 136 to be able to take a shot on Texas. Seeing a plus 140 out there, that's going to have me pulling the trigger. I like Jordan Montgomery in the way that he's really been a consistent pitcher this year. He's not someone that's going to completely blow you away, but... You know what? He does a rock-solid job of just grinding through, giving you a good performance, not getting outside of himself. Between his time with the Cardinals and the Texas Rangers, had a 320 URA, but actually did his best work with the Texas Rangers. 11 starts with Texas. He's got a 279 URA, 327 field independent, while only giving up about 1.7 walks and 0.8 home runs per nine innings. Comes in allowing just two runs over his last four starts, going six-plus innings in all of them, seven-plus innings in three of them. Meanwhile, for Tyler Glasnow, he comes in in pretty solid form as well. As this guy is getting 12 strikeouts to about 2.8 walks per nine innings, a fielding independent of a 291. I will say, he, in his last start, had a five scoreless innings against Boston. Had some shakiness towards the back half of the season. Four-plus runs surrendered in three straight starts prior to that. All against playoff teams, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Twins. And that does feel like a little bit of an MO when it comes to Tyler Glass now. Against the lesser teams, is able to go out there and completely dominate. When he does go up against better competition, he does seem to have some issues. And this is the Texas Rangers bunch at... Was right there at the top of the American League in darn near every offensive category. Had a little bit of a fall off towards the beginning of the month of September because they were dealing with Adolis Garcia along Josh Young being out of the fold. Both of these guys are back in, though. And then you're led by Mr. Garcia. I just mentioned 39 home runs. And typically, with regards to this team's starting lineup, he's either the only player or one of just two players that have a batting average below about a 257. It's absolutely remarkable what this Rangers team has been able to do. Now, I will say with the Rangers, the offense, it does fall off a little bit on the road as compared to at home because they do lead the big leagues with regards to runs per game at home, 5.96. That's actually even more than the Atlanta Braves. Meanwhile, more around 4.9 runs per contest when they are on the road. So, and it's still pretty stinking good, but the big thing is the power drop-off is quite big. Nearly 1.8 home runs per game when they are at home compared to 1.1 home runs per game when they are on the road. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, this is a bunch that has dealt with quite a bit with regards to their offense with Wander Franco and that old situation. Not good, to say the least. And then on top of that, you have Brandon Lyle go on the injured list. You lose Jose Siri for the year. Siri wasn't necessarily moving line, but was the guy that was able to do a nice job of being able to pound the ball out of the yard. But even with all that, you still have pretty much six different guys that will be able to give you at least 19 home runs this year with all these guys hitting at least a 249 during the regular season. That includes the Andy Diaz, who's been able to give you a 410 on base. Their power is a little bit lesser at home as well because the drop, it is a little bit more of a pitcher's ballpark. So do want to be noting that as well. Randy Rosarena, he was able to have a relatively solid back half of the season. And I will say this for the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a really good job against right-handed pitching, against left-handed pitching. It can sometimes be a little bit more questionable, like Isak Paredes, for example. He's been able to pound out 31 home runs as far this season. Obviously, his amount of at-bats, not quite the same against left-handed pitching, but still 116 at-bats against lefties. 
only four home runs. Now, Yandy Diaz, 10 home runs at 121 at-bats against lefties. That's very, very solid. But still, this is not a team that necessarily generates a bunch of power against lefties. And when it comes to the race, they are going to need to try to get Montgomery out of this game early. Because if you can get to the Texas Rangers bullpen, that'll be big. They have the worst bullpen the Rangers do of any team with regards to teams that made the postseason in ERA. You've got Roldis Chapman, Jose Leclerc. Pair of guys will be able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA. That said, you've got some questionable guys like a Brock Burke who's been all over the place. Will Smith really had a rough second half of the season with north of a 5 ERA post-All-Star break. And then for the Tampa Bay Rays, you do have a bunch of guys that have been tremendous in this bullpen all season long. As they picked up off the scrap heap, pair of guys in Jake Diekman, Robert Stevenson in a Rays uniform. Both of these guys, a sub-250 ERA. Since Chris Davinsky came over, he's been able to supply a sub-3 ERA as well. And then you've got Pete Fairbanks, Colin Boucher, guys like this that have been so rock solid all season long. So the Rays who have the bullpen advantage. But I do think that Montgomery going to be able to do well against Tyler Glassell. Glassell has had his issues with really good offenses. So being able to get a plus 140 like I'm seeing, going to be pulling the trigger on the Rangers' money line. The Rangers, they've been playing high-scoring games all season long, even though the drop is pitcher-friendly semi-total at some point. So we're going to add the over and looking at that Rangers' money line. 945-946 on the bank board. The Miami Marlins hit the road phase off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler, Nadeo, and Wheeler goes for the Phils. Ace Luis Lizardo is on the bump for Miami. Miami is an underdog. Anywhere between plus 140 and plus 155. Minus 163 to minus 170 is your number on Philadelphia. 7.5 is the total. Unders between minus 110 to a minus 115. Unders between minus 105 to a minus 110. If you're looking to lay a run and a half with the Phillies across the board, you're getting a plus 130. Needed at least a plus 120 to set my money line price at a minus 177. I see a little bit more of an edge with regards to the run line. I recognize that it can be a little bit of a roll of the dice, especially with these lower totals. And I am going to be taking a look at that lower total under. I said my total at some point four, but much of that is because of Miami Marlins. They were a bottom four team in the National League with regards to runs generated per game. And with this Miami Marlins team, you give credit where credit is due, but they enter into the postseason with a negative 57 run differential. I mean, if you want to be going by comparisons, the Cleveland Guardians had a negative 35 run differential, and they finished 76 at 86. This team was very charmed in one run game, despite the fact that they weren't terrible in their bullpen, but it's not like they were some sort of an amazing bullpen as well. All throughout the season, they were relatively league average team with regards to their bullpen ERA. You've had Andrew Nardi along with Tanner Scott be able to step up with sub-3 ERAs. I do like what you've been able to get on that front, but A.J. Puck has had a little bit of fall. George Ferriano is able to be a nice little bit of long guy for the scene, but with Ace Lizardo, you always do roll the dice with him when he's on the road because he is a little bit of a different pitcher when he's at home rather than when he's on the road. 307 home ERA, 448 ERA on the road, giving up in the neighborhood about 1.3 to 1.4 home runs per nine innings when he's on the road. That's closer to about 0.9 to 1 home runs per nine innings when he is at home. Now, against the Philadelphia Phillies, made two starts, gave up five runs in 12 and a third innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but... Now he has to go up against a Philadelphia Phillies lineup that they've just been different 
over the last month and a half of the regular season. As for the Philadelphia Phillies, you did see Trey Turner have a rough final two to three weeks of the regular season, but you did have that stretch where he was able to uh, go off for 11 home runs in 15 games. That was absolutely a sight to behold. If you take a look at this Philadelphia Phillies team, they were eighth in the league with regards to run score during the month of September. Meanwhile, the Miami Marlins, they were 18th. So this offense, it is coming in in a little bit of better form. Kyle Schwarber, he's got pretty much the same about a single says he does home runs, but he's been able to do an amazing job moving the line at the leadoff spot despite hitting just a buck 97 as he's got a 343 on base percentage, but that balance of power is big. You had, at the beginning part of the year, Bryce Harper hit just three home runs in his first 58 games. Ever since then, the last 68 games, he's been able to pound out 18 home runs. He has been a completely different pitcher, giving you a 400 on base. You really just don't get a break with this lineup as you had so many guys like Bryson Sott, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, Nick Cassianos, only between about a 272-280. Pretty much all these guys were able to pound out 15-plus home runs, including Cassianos with 29. Meanwhile, for the Miami Marlins, to their credit, post-trade deadline, they were in the top half of the big leagues with regards to home runs on a per-at-bat and a per-game basis. Prior to that, they were a bottom-five team with this regard as they had Orde Soler pounding out his home runs 36 in total during the regular season and past that. Didn't have much, but ever since Jake Berger has gotten to town, he's been good, inning for about a 355 on base, nine home runs and nearly 200 at bats. You've also been able to get some good power out of Josh Bellows. He's averaging a home run every about 18 to 18 and a half at bats with a 340 on base as well. Do want to be checking in on Luis Arise? He missed the last week or so of the regular season. He was cold in the month of August. Was able to heat back up in the month of September. Should be good to go for game one with that ankle injury, but something that you do want to be mindful of. But also with this Philadelphia Phillies team, they're just flat out the better bullpen in this spot as well. A top four bullpen with regards to ERA in the National League in the second half of the season. You have had a little bit of shakiness with Ken Kimbrell, but that said, you still have Jeff Hoffman, Matt Strom, Jose Alvarado. I'll give me a sub-350 ERA for Alvarado. Sub-2 ERA throughout the entirety of the season. Sir Anthony Dominguez has had his ups and downs this season, but comes in in relatively good form over the last three weeks as well. And for Zach Wheeler, I think that this guy is just going to be able to go out there and he's going to be able to mow them down. Asa Cesardo is pretty impressive with his right around 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. And for Wheeler, he doesn't quite get 10.5 strikeouts for nine innings, but if you look at the advanced numbers, he was one of the best pitchers in the National League this year. The 361 ERA doesn't do it justice. Says he's got a 315 fielding independent, 10 strikeouts, 1.8 walks per nine innings, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. Was really able to round into form towards back half of the season, giving up one or zero runs in three out of his last five starts, and that was with going up against the Atlanta Braves twice in that time span. So I did set the Philadelphia Phillies where a plus 122 or higher want to lay that run line, and we are currently getting a plus 130. So looking at the Phillies run line to go along with this 7.5 under. 947, 948 is going to be the DK Network right up pick. It is the Toronto Blue Jays on the road facing off against the Minnesota Twins. Pablo Lopez goes for the Twins, and Kevin Gossman is on the bump for Toronto. Toronto in a relative pick-em game. You're finding them in between even money to minus 108 with the Twins. They were between minus 105 to minus 115 with a total of 7.5. Under is anywhere between minus 110 to a minus 125. The over is anywhere between minus 110 to a plus 105. Seeing one straight 7 out there with the over at a minus 128 and the under at a plus 105. And said, I would rather have the 7.5 under rather than the 7 over. But my right to pick is on the Blue Jays' money line. I feel like this is a case where they should be the favorite. I set them at a minus 128 with Pablo Lopez. He has pitched a little bit better than what the raw ERA would indicate. As 
He has been a little bit of a tough luck guy just watching him throughout the season. There's been a bunch of like Texas leaguers, things like that, that have not necessarily gone his way. As He's got a 3.66 ERA compared to a 3.33 fielding. Dependent getting about 10.9 strikeouts at 2.2 bucks per nine innings. But what is concerning to me about Pablo Lopez is that he has pitched worse at home than he has on the road. The strikeout to walk ratio is relatively equal at home. The home runs per nine rate about 1.1. It's very similar home to road, but 421 home ERA compared to a 310 road ERA. Meanwhile, Kevin Gosman is a pretty steady Eddie guy. 307 home ERA, 327 road ERA, and for Kevin Gosman, he, much like Lopez, has actually pitched better with regards to a fielding independent standpoint rather than his ERA. 316 ERA, 297 fielding independent. It's 11.5 strikeouts for Mr. Gosman. That is the top mark among qualifying American League starters with enough innings to qualify. And on top of that, for Kevin Gosman, in his 31 starts this far this season, two earned runs or fewer in 21 of them. He has been very good on that front, and he's backed up by the better bullpen as well. When it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, since the 4th of July, they've got a bullpen ERA of 351. That ranks 6th in the big leagues. Meanwhile, the Twins, they are 16th in that time span. Good news for the Twins is that they have gotten some reinforcements. They were dealing with injuries to Caleb Thielbar along with Brock Stewart. Throughout the regular season, these two guys are back in the fold. They've been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. Cody Funderburk, you've seen a little bit out of him. He's been able to supply some very good innings along with Yohan Doran, but I have more faith in this Blue Jays bullpen as they've done a good job of mixing and matching all season long. Don't think that Jay Jackson is going to be on the postseason roster, but if he is, he's actually been very good. I think that he's a very underrated reliever for this team. Right around about a 2-1-5 ERA out of him, but you've got Jordan Romano, your closer, Eric Swanson. When these two guys have been in a Blue Jays uniform, Jordan Hicks, Genesis Cabrera, all being able to supply a sub-3 ERA, and then Tim Hayes has been good all season long. Buck 52 on his ERA. And then for the Blue Jays, this has been a relatively league average offense in terms of home runs per game and runs per game. But if you look at the home and road splits, it's actually very interesting with them because the Blue Jays had their ballpark dimensions change during the offseason. The Blue Jays have all of a sudden become a much better road inning team rather than a home inning team. They're averaging the Blue Jays are 4.9 runs per game with 1.27 home runs per game when they are on the road compared to 4.35 runs and 1.05 home runs per game when they are at home. And the Blue Jays, they've got a 334 road on base percentage. That is second in the American League to only the Houston Astros. Now for the Minnesota Twins, they come in having scored the most runs per game of any team out there in the month of September, American League or National League. But the bad news for this team is currently they're dealing with an injury to Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis is currently very uncertain for this series as he was able to pound out all those Grand Slams in the month of late August, early September. He had four Grand Slams in four weeks, so that's a little bit of an issue. They're dealing with an injury to Ore Polanco as well, so you do want to be mindful there. And for the Minnesota Twins, this is a team that they are going to go out there and they're going to have their swings and misses as well. As you had throughout the season, four separate guys be able to give the team 18-plus home runs, as that was Carlos Correa, Max Kepler, Joey Gallo, Michael A. Taylor. Gallo has been dealing with his fair share of injuries, but among these four guys, only Max Kepler was able to provide north of a 312 on base. So this is a little bit more of an all-or-nothing roster, and I will say for the Twins as well. They do it about 20 points higher when they are at home rather than when they are on the road. So that is a little bit encouraging, but at the same time as well, I was mentioning the fact that you do have a guy in Kevin Gosman that's able to do a good job of being able to get your swings and misses in. I was also talking about that strikeout rate with regards to the Minnesota Twins. How about this for the Minnesota Twins? Out of 30 teams in the big leagues, they are 
Number 30 in terms of strikeout percentage. That is not necessarily what you want to see. And for the Blue Jays, I acknowledge that this team, I was expecting a little bit more power out of them, but Flagger Jr. was able to pick it up a little bit more towards the back half of the season. He's been able to supply 26 home runs. And when it comes to the Blue Jays as well, you've got Flagger Jr. who's able to give you just a little bit north of a 340 on base, and you've got all these guys that are hovering between about a 322 to a 340 on base. Kavon Biggio, Kevin Kiermaier, Matt Chapman, George Springer, don't call his name, Alejandro Kirk, Bo Bichette. And then when it comes to Bichette and George Springer, both give you 20 to 21 home runs. Matt Chapman has some nice pop in the bat as well. Don Varsho doesn't really move the line, but he's able to give you 20 home runs. Meanwhile, Whit Merrifield along with Kevin Kiermaier, they are able to do so. I think that the Blue Jays have a leg up with regards to Kevin Gosman. I like their bullpen a little bit better. I like the way the Blue Jays hit on the road. My DK network right to pick is going to be the money line of the Blue Jays. Did semi-total at 7.3, so I had a 7.5. Also looking at the under end. Wrap things up with 9.49, 9.50 on the betting board. It is the Milwaukee Brewers, and they play as the Ayers and the Diamondbacks. Brandon Fott goes for the Diamondbacks. Meanwhile, Corbin Burns is on the bump for the Brewers. Brewers, biggest favorite on the board. You find them in between minus 179 to minus 190. Between plus 150 and plus 170 is your number on Arizona. 7.5 is the total over and under anywhere between minus 105 to a minus 115. Set the Brewers on the money line at a minus 118. If you're looking at that run line, finding it between plus 110 to a plus 119. Need at least a plus 114 to take a shot, but seeing a lot of plus 115, seeing some plus 119 currently at Circa, we have been seeing the Brewers getting steamed quite a bit, so we're starting to get to a point of no return, but as I do this, I still see some value here on the Brewers. I am going to be willing to take that run line of Milwaukee. Now, the one thing that I do fear with Corbin Burns just a little bit is that he's never been quite the same pitcher when he has been at home rather than when he has been on the road, which typically you find this with regards to home and road splits with a lot of pitchers being worse on the road, but just with the way that American Family Field, better known as Miller Park, is set up, it does cause for a lot of these Brewers pitchers to be worse at home rather than on the road, and it's been more demonstrative this year than really ever before with Corbin Burns. 428 home area, 277 ERA on the road, and the big reason why is because he gives up a lot of hard contact when he is at home. For Mr. Burns, he is giving up about 1.3 home runs per nine innings when he's at home. 0.75 home runs per nine innings when he's on the road. So that is a bit of a concern. Meanwhile, for Mr. Fott, it's just been a case where he's not really been able to find himself now. Second time around, as the first time he got called up to the big league level, it was just a complete disaster. He got sent back down to the minor league level after through a few starts. I think that they gave him six starts in total. He had a 982 ERA. He has been better ever since then, but it's not like he's been amazing. Second half of the season is second time around at the big league level. 422 ERA with a 435 fielding dependent. This is dating back to July 22nd when he got recalled. In that time span, though, he's given up about 1.6 home runs per nine innings as well. And this is a Milwaukee Brewers offense that has been a little bit different here in the second half of the season. For the Brewer crew, they're averaging about 5.1 runs per contest ever since their last series in the month of July. In the month of July, back half of it, they picked up Carlos Santana, and he has been a big part of this team. He was able to have that walk-off winner that essentially knocked the Chicago Cubs out of the playoffs, and 
Ever since Mr. Santana got to town, he's been averaging a home run every about 19 at-bats, hitting a 250 with a 315 on base, and bigger than that. He was able to push some of the schlubs out of the fold because you're seeing guys like Bryce Harang, Blake Perkins, Joey Weimer, guys like that getting at-bats, and now you're able to get a little bit more of a trustworthy guy along with that. You've had Mercana hit really well for this team as well. That was another trade deadline acquisition that has worked out well. Only about five home runs, but giving you a 375 on base, and that's what the Brewers need. The Brewers don't need a whole bunch of guys hitting 100 million billion home runs. They just see guys that move the line like William Contreras and Christian Yelich, both between 17 and 19 home runs, both right around about a 370 on base. They're getting the job done, and then the young guys in sale free, like Andrew Maricario, being able to do a solid job on that from Maricario, about a 330 on base, free like a 340 on base. They did a nice job stepping up, and then for Willie Adamas, really interesting last 30 days of the regular season as he really didn't hit for a lot of average or power, but gave you a 377 on base with just two home runs in that time span. You would like to see a little bit more power, but the fact that he was able to get on, that was big. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, towards the back half of the regular season, they just went as cold as an igloo with regards to their offense for the Diamondbacks in that final series against the Houston Astros. They scored two more runs than myself. And I don't have a Major League Baseball team, so that's not necessarily too great. They come in having scored four runs or fewer and six out of their last seven games, and the big thing for this team is that they need to get Christian Walker online. He was able to hit a pair of home runs in the last week of the regular season, but last 30 days he enters with a buck 89 average, 264 on base with four home runs. So you would like to see much more out of him. You do have a trio of guys in Quetel Marte, Lourdes Gurriel, Corbin Carroll, be giving you between 24 and 25 home runs. Quetel Marte and Corbin Carroll, both in the neighborhood about a 360 on base, but the fall-off from the guys towards the bottom in the second half of the season has been big. You need guys like Evan Longoria, along with Gabriel Moreno, guys like this to be able to step up, find a way on base. Geraldo Perdomo hit a 220 in the second half of the season with a 327 on base, given that he's not a power bat. That's not too great. Emmanuel Rivera, about a 310 on base, hitting about a 210. No power whatsoever. Chase Peterson is giving you nothing burger. Evan Longoria in the second half of the season, nothing burger. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, credit where credit is due last month of the regular season. This was actually a top four bullpen with regards to ERA. I still have my question marks with it, though, as you do have a lot of guys out there that have been getting tattooed all season long, like Jose Ruiz, Miguel Castro, Luis Frias, guys like this that have been giving you north of a 380 ERA, and it just does not compare to what you're able to get out of this Milwaukee Brewers bullpen, as you've got a fearsome force on when it comes to this Brewers bullpen, as you have Abner Uribe, Alonzo Hobie Miller, Joe Piamps, along with your closer and Devin Williams, all with a sub-250 ERA. I do think that the Brewers should be able to get the job done at home. This is a big-time spot. Corbin Burns has been there before. Brandon Fott has not. And I think that the Brewers are going to fight their way to a victory. Did semi-tall at some point, too, because the Arizona Diamondbacks come in in rough form with their offense. The Brewers may have been a little bit questionable as well. So we're going to have the 7.5 under. And with the Brewers, we want to take them on the run line at a plus 114 or higher. And that will wrap things up. For the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my ex-timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter, size per usual. Please send these into the timeline, and the other way, that's fine in Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire on whatever you'd like here on this podcast via that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm back with you once a year in the bar. Thank you so much for tuning in.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.